Hey everybody, it is Scott, Greg, and Zach. What's up, man? Hi. What was that? What's up? What? What's up? Oh, I thought you were incompleting that what's up statement. What's What's up? What's up? Um, <clears throat> welcome to another round of Behind the Message podcast in the Corner Conversations world. Is that, was that good, Greg? Sure. Is that, not, is that how you would say it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's one way you could do it. That's one way. That's one way. Um, yeah, it's good to we're we're moving into a new new era, new season. We've we're uh, done with the flip flops. We did the finish the flip flops. We get to take we're, our flip flops off finally. Yeah, we finished Matthew. We're moving on. Matthew, that was seven years ago. <laughs> um, we were in Matthew for a long time. Yeah, a couple years. But we're, we're going into a one-month study of the book of Ruth, and so we're looking forward to the conversation around that. <clears throat> and so, looking forward to that. Some things happening in the corner church world. Uh, if you're part of our community, would like to be part of our community, we, we invite you to, to join in, to be a part. <clears throat> We've got part, the final two partnership classes coming and going as you hear this. Uh, partnership is just a public declaration of commitment to community that we really celebrate in the Corner Church world. And uh, we've got our summer one-off event-driven connection groups. Just an opportunity for you to, something you're going to, to invite others to come with you. Uh, build deeper relationship through doing fun stuff together. What's this Sunday? Which What's the one that we're going to? This Sunday is the North Loop Food Truck Fair. North Loop Food Truck Fair. Was it June twenty, May twenty fifth? I think it's May twenty fifth. I'm doing a May twenty fifth, leading a bike ride from to each corner coffee, starting in the North Loop. It's about a seventeen mile bike ride. Yeah. Can I bring my electric bike? You can, but you have to turn off the electric the whole time. <laughs> There's no electric bike. They're heavy. Well, you, you can have you can have an electric bike. You just can't use the electric. And uh, you'll never know. Yeah. You know. I was gonna make some biker joke short joke. Biker short joke. Biker shirt shorts, shorts joke. This is getting harder by the second. Man, but I won't. Anyway, the, please uh, put your ideas on our website and uh, see what else is going on through our Facebook page and through the website as well. But we're lo- looking forward to this conversation as we dive into what happened, how we got to where we're going as we look at the first chapter of Ruth. So what was what was one of your uh, when you think back to painful because it's so awkward or embarrassing or weird church experiences from when you were a kid? We've just been singing. Well, let me rephrase that. I've been singing, and then Zach has been joining a little bit of uh, the song "Majesty." Harmonizing, it's beautiful, and not the like, not the newer "Majesty" that Mute Math covered. We're talking like, <laughs> like "Majesty, worship His Majesty." Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. That was pretty close. Yeah. I don't, did, you didn't grow up. You missed that. So, oh, yeah. I'm so, so thankful. All lift up on high. Your church was too Jesus. cool for not cool stuff? Uh, my church was way too cool for that. Didn't your, did your church do anything not cool? Uh, they started doing hymns when hymns became cool. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It was a seeker-sensitive church, Scott. We only did cool things. You, there's something you did that wasn't cool. 
Maybe the effort to be so cool made it uncool. Maybe. If you were part of youth group. I mean, I don't know that it was actually cool. You thought it was really cool. Some of it, yeah. Did you, did you, uh, was there ever a service or a song sung where there wasn't lights? No, never. <laughs> there was never not a fog machine or hazer. Haze. Hazer. If you went to youth group in the 2000s, you, you know this probably if you've ever been to a church that was headlights and smoke machines but a lot of times where churches would take secular songs but then the meaning behind the songs could be related to oh, Jesus. Yeah. We yeah. had a Co- special cover song it? every single Sunday. Oh, yeah. That was always a secular song. Oh yeah. But it was relevant. Oh yeah. Ugh. Like who was saying the reason? Did it have words or no? Yeah, you know that song. I don't know. Oh, yes, you do. You know it. D- did you ever? Did not Did you do any not cool perfect, things growing up in church, perfect. Zach? I did all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did human videos too. So okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But we always won fine arts with our human videos. Okay, so. you're building the they non-cool the whole, factor. They won the whole fine arts. Yeah, yeah. we hosted just... fine arts. <laughs> we were that church. Uh, we would do, host do you and know what, win everything. Do you know what fine arts used to be called before it was fine arts? No. Teen talent. Oh, man. Mm. We should go back to that. <laughs> Welcome to the teen talent. Teen talent. Well, Greg, your performance this week, I would give it a excellent. <laughs> but not a... That's like, <laughs> that mean, that's like the worst. If you, so if you grew up in Scott, the... your performance at the partnership last partnership class would be an excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, and so in that fine arts world, there was excellent, superior, and then superior with invitation. Yeah. And then there was merit. Was the winner. Oh, yeah, the winner of the... Yeah. Well, there were no Which winners. One? It's just that was the best one. But yeah. no one is the best. Jesus It's just the... the Jesus you got the superior one. invitation with merit. Yeah. You, you were the winner. Well, um, no, no, no. It's, listen, youth soccer, there, we are not keeping score. Oh, Fine yeah. arts, there is no keeping score. Are you your best? Score. <laughs> Little known fact about my life. Uh, Michigan Regional Fine Arts. Oh, man. 2006, you... I was a merit winner. In what? Drum solo. Oh, nice. Did it. I would so badly want to be there. Was there anyone else competing in drum solo? There was one other person. <laughs> no, there were a lot of drummers. In there Michigan. was a year where my I got married in my human video, in my Christian band, in my worship team. Yes. And in one other thing, I don't remember what it was. It's so fun to walk up and get that trophy. Four times in a row? Yeah. Man, that's so, that's so great that you peaked early. <laughs> It's a high, highlight of my life. Uh, uh, now I hang out with you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Majesty. Anyway, let's jump into Ruth. I don't think. No, people, come on! I'm not done. I'm not done. I think this is why people listen. Dude, this is yeah. people are gonna get. If you're, you're if you're listening Christian right culture now, that we're slinging. <laughs> if you're listening right now, could you please let us know? If you want us to spurg about this garbage <laughs> in the future, or if we should just get on to what's actually important. Uh, it's so, I, I mean, I didn't grow up in the AG sphere where that all this human, it would have been teen talent when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are tens of thousands of, of adults that have all of this background that know this vernacular and they hide it. And so I do. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hide it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, superior. Yeah. That's the first time I've talked about my merit award in <laughs> yeah. 14 years. It's hanging on your Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I've got it polished under my bed. <laughs> Did you go to nationals then? Yeah. Always went to nationals. Really? I, we never went. You were too good. You were that was not cool enough. It was always like so far away. It was super fun. Everything is. We all played sports. We couldn't miss sports. I would say it was a lot of fun. Definitely making a trip to nationals was always fun. Yeah, I'd do it again for the fun. Where was it when you went? Uh, Texas. Hmm. Went to Austin. Went to Orlando. It's always those are the those are the two that I remember the most. I think we should do a corner church. What is it called? Fine. We should do Corner Church Fine Arts for talent adults. Show. Talent show. Yeah. We should. And it can be kids, but also adults. It'll probably be the least participated thing we do. No. <laughs> we have things that have no participation. <laughs> I mean, I won't be there. Come on. No, I don't have anything. Uh, <laughs> it's not about your talent. We all know you're merit awarder. As long as I can bring back exactly what I did. Yeah. We'll recreate Greg's Christian band from oh, man. 2006. Oh, man. Okay, Root. We'll get into it here. So how does this segue? <laughs> that was smooth. That yeah. was just really... And Ruth. And Ruth. I, Ruth is a... One, people should read Ruth. There are... There are if, if it's you, a quick book. It's such a it's quick book. It's very quick. Say, hey, if you could read Genesis quick, it's not... Genesis yeah. hard, you know, uh, mowing hard. through those Genesis, because reading's hard. And uh, <clears throat> what is, you just looked at it the other day. How many chapters are in Genesis? 55, 54? I think it's just 50. Not only is Genesis long, but Genesis is just, there's some just stuff that's hard yeah, to get Yeah, it's hard. Through. Yeah. Ruth is great. It's all narrative. There's not a lot of yeah. weird numbers. There's a lot of story. Yep. It goes quick. Yeah, four chapters. Uh, takes about 15 minutes to read. Um, one thing, some some things about the book is, uh, but like the most remarkable thing to me is that if I think about a lot of Old Testament narrative, even New Testament narrative, it's this, <clears throat> it's stories surrounding people that do like human history, remarkable things are involved in, whether it's successful or failing, but it's it's all like above human scale. You know, when you say, wow, Adam. Way to go. There weren't many people around, but you were the first. Can't I can't do that. Okay, way to go, Noah. You built a boat. I'll never build a boat that big or a boat. Yeah, just like you go through all those, you know, you say, you know, Abraham, the father of all nations. Joseph was the deliverer of his family. And Noah delivered the people from Egypt. All these stuff. And then you come across Ruth, which is like this polar opposite. Here we go to this moment where uh, it's um, a widow, a couple widows, three widows, and uh, an old farmer, and <clears throat> and the thing that we'll keep on referring back to over and over again in this text is really the last verses of this whole book is that these widows and this farmer, uh, well, one widow, Ruth and this farmer, not widows, plural. This widow and this farmer had a baby. Oh, hold on. Ruth wasn't the widow. Naomi was the widow. What, no, Ruth was a widow too. She had her husband die? Have you read the book yet? No. <laughs> both of their sons, both of them had, so they were all widows. Oh, jeez. That makes it even crazier. But this nobody, uh, again, this remarriage, they, they have a son, and that is the great 
Uh, Ruth is the great grandma of David, and uh, David is in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus, and so there's this nobody, this uh, obscure, this nothing, uh, no like outsider becomes this crucial part of the whole biblical narrative and connecting us to Jesus, the Messiah. Hmm. Nothing. That's it. Smooth transition. You yeah. said it all. Wow. Done. That's, that's well, it. thanks. We'll talk thanks to you next time. week. Thank you. Yeah. No, we, so we jump into chapter one and, uh, the, the thing that we, comes out really quickly to the surface in this is that I, I'll just, again, reiterate chapter one is where Naomi and her husband, they go to, uh, they, they leave Bethlehem because of a famine and, uh, they settle with the Moabites mm. Mm-hmm. And her daughter or her sons get sick and die after they're married. Her husband dies. They're all dead. And uh, <laughs> all the guys, but the, da- yeah. the daughters and all the ladies survive. Yep. Milan and Kilon. Uh, these guys are all all dead. And uh, Naomi and Orpa and Ruth are, are left. And I just, the, the thing about these names is, is really remarkable. So Elimelech, the husband, it means my, my God is king. Uh, and so this here, here is a person, again, in this narrative, the names have a lot of uh, deeper meaning. And so here's a person who was godly. My God is king, uh, who had a wife where Naomi, her name was pleasantness. It was that Naomi, Naomi means they had sons, Mahalan, Mahalan, yeah, sure, M A H L O N. I'm pretty good at pronunciation, but his name means sickly. Wouldn't it be great? (laughs) (laughs) I really missed the opportunity when my son was born. Yeah, I knew it. Hi, sickly. What's up, sickly? Hi, lazy eye. I mean, hi. Um, So, Killan, the other son, his name was failing. Uh, which is another intense name. And then the the daughter-in-law's Orpa, her name means stubbornness and Ruth means friendship. So Orpa and Ruth, were they both Moabites? Yep. Cool. Which Moabites, they were, they were definitely outsiders to the, the Jewish people. culture of Israel. So they were not Yeah, what's happened here, Judah. I think you said it, but I just wanted to clarify is that Naomi and her husband moved with their two sons to go live with the Moabites. They were Jews. Because of famine. Yeah, they were Jews uh, that left, essentially left the promised land, left God's promise, walked yep. outside of it to be with the Moabites who would have been considered their enemies yep. because of this famine. And while there, their two daughters, Orpah, or uh, two sons, two sons, Malone and Kilion, however you say their names, married two Moabite women. Hmm. Orpa, Orpa and Ruth. And Ruth. And Which, so, by the way, we've been trying to mess with Greg all week. We've been calling her Oprah. And so when if you go to Uptown this weekend and <laughs> Greg says Oprah, we are seeding that in him repeatedly. It's our, it's our fault. It'd be great. Done <clears throat> on purpose, yes. Yeah, so then they get married there, which... So this whole story to me, to this point, feels like people walking outside of God's promise to a degree. I, for sure it wasn't what, if they would say what was ideal, this wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah. If they would say what was planned or what they expected, definitely not that. And so did they, the two sons and the dad, did they die from this famine? Do we know the cause of that? Dead. I think everybody just died pretty, you know. 
They died because it was Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, there is, but the the thing that you have to feel in this is that uh, they left because of, in order for them to leave, it had to be really bad. Really bad. Yeah. They got there. Things were better, but then things got really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Naomi hears word that things are better, that there is some provision back in Bethlehem. And so she gathers her daughter-in-laws who are now both widows and says, I'm going back, uh, but you guys stay here. Yeah, stay with your people. I'm going back to my people. You stay with yours. Yep. This family thing was great while it lasted. That's an intense, I mean, that's an intense moment. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. She says this and then both of the daughter-in-laws say, no, no, we're going to stay with you. Both of them respond. Yep. And again, she says, really, go home to your own people, to your mother's home. Uh, and then that's where Ruth decides to stay uh, yeah. and Orpah decides to go home. Yeah, really quickly. I mean, so Naomi goes, listen, I know that you, that our tradition is that if, if your husband dies, mother-in-law has another son and you marry him in order to continue the name, continue the lineage. She didn't have any other sons. And so she says, listen, even if I had a son today, would you wait? <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's like, a thing. <laughs> hey, buddy, you're seven now. Mm, not quite. Not right. <laughs> I'll keep waiting. And so said, so are you going to wait? No, go home. And so they wept and Orpa or Oprah goes, kisses his mother-in-law goodbye, and she's gone. But Ruth turns and says, listen, I listen, I will go where you ever you go, yeah, and I said, will die with you. Yeah, she says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and I will be buried. So they get back to Bethlehem, and uh, people notice, like, is this... Naomi? Is this them? And then Naomi has this beautiful speech prepared. No longer call me Naomi, which means, you know, this pleasant pleasant and nice. And wow. It says, no, now call me Mara, which means bitterness. Yeah. So things were bad. They left everything they knew because things were so bad. Things got worse. And it's kind of like the, you're, this is not as intense, but you're, you know, you're in college and then you graduate and you have nowhere to go. So you move back in with your parents. Call me Mara, right? Call me Mara. <clears throat> I can't get a job. Call me Mara. <laughs> Here I am. And, but the thing that we we bring out of this this chapter, this 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 book here, is that in this first chapter, is that in the midst of this, in the midst of Naomi being not pleasant company, uh, Ruth is just continually committed. And uh, this is where chapter one ends, is that, uh, you know, Naomi is having a mental or an emotional or even a spiritual breakdown, and uh, Ruth is committed with her. And as we go through this book, uh, we're going to use this book repeatedly, not just as a simple application tool, but rather as a a self-evaluation tool. That's the goal, is how can we, as being normal people, which all of these people in this narrative are normal people, how can we evaluate our lives as we evaluate their lives? 
And uh, the thing that we want to evaluate today is commitment. Naomi was really committed. And we're going to ask the question, when does commitment start and when does commitment stop? Such a hard question. And I think there's, oh man, there's a long road of commitment. We're, I, we see in the narrative where we could look at Orpah's life and say she was committed. Yep. She fulfilled her duties. Duties. I knew it was coming. Cooking duty. Dead guy. Duty. He can't help himself. Sorry. I can't. I can't. <laughs> what if somebody hasn't seen Nacho Libre? They're just going to have to watch it. Okay. Nacho Libre is the greatest movie ever okay. made. If you haven't Every watched week. it. Every week. Go watch it right now. We're Stop not listening to this podcast. This we're, episode is sponsored by Nacho Libre. We are not small. They have not paid us anything. Well, no. What if Jack well. Black walks in here right now? Uh, I hey, he's going to be in Minneapolis That's it. next week. That's it. Okay. Anyway... We, we look at commitment as a lot of times these moments in time of, okay, I've reached the goal. The one singular moment that means I've been committed. But uh, there's kind of a spectrum of commitment where I can get to a point, but there's deeper commitment. There's like, there's commitment and there's greater, deeper commitment. And what we see between Orpah and Ruth is Orpah sure has commitment, but Ruth... What a deeper commitment. And in our own lives, we can choose to commit to the first level. What does it look like to go to level four or five or six in our commitment that it's not logical? Especially to go, Orpa uh, did the obligatory, no, no, I'll come. (laughs) No, no, that's fine. I'll 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 come. come, I'll come. I'm committed. And then, again, Naomi says, no, go home. And it's like, Hmm. Done. And no, I don't think the, the theme of this narrative is not because we don't hear anything again about her. It isn't a moment of just scolding or belittling or ripping on her what she did at all. Yeah, I don't think um, so. Because she did. She fulfilled her commitment. She yeah. fulfilled her commitment. But here's the challenge is that uh, Ruth fulfilled it more, <laughs> was committed more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and commitment isn't just pass fail. Commitment isn't just expectation. Commitment isn't uh, downhill. In fact, we've talked quite a bit about how have you are you really ever really committed if you've never faced a moment of tension or hardship or resistance or struggle? Yeah, yeah. probably not. But just think about uh, rewind back to it's like yes, but- junior high girlfriend time. Right? And you're like, I'm committed to you. I didn't have any girlfriends. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You were too committed to your drums? I was committed. I was committed to the Lord, okay? Okay. No. But, no, I, 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 I think up until seventh grade, first girlfriend. What seventh the, grade, yeah. What is... What is a junior high girlfriend? No, no, I was just realizing. Yeah, okay. but up to the up to that point, I was like, I can't have girlfriends. My parents will kill me. There's no way. <laughs> well, because it was probably true, and also before then, you probably thought girls were gross. I mean, let's be honest. Seventh grade, do I really understand? No, but that's which is the point is that you say, you know, oh, you're you're the love of my life. You know, all these things you write. Back when I was a kid, I'd you do wrote anything notes. For you. Yeah. There was a bullet fired. <laughs> I would, I would become the Matrix man, and I would dodge it for her. Yes, I wouldn't die, but I would dodge it for her. But it's the weird thing about those immature relationships is that you say you were, we're love of our life, and then you know one annoying thing, one annoying thing, 
And I'm done. I hate her. I never want to see her again. Oh, she gets hit by that bullet. That <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. got dark. <laughs> Real fast. But as as adults, as mature people, uh, maybe not mature people. That's a stretch. But it's, is commitment real? Uh, and is, is there really commitment if you have never faced any resistance or challenge? Yeah, that's good. I think it could be. But I think it... It's like one of those things that you, it's like the chicken and the egg thing. You can't prove it without, without actually going through something. Yeah. But it, that doesn't change. Things going well doesn't change. The fact doesn't lower your commitment. Like in seasons of marriage that are easy. Doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you're less committed. committed. No, yeah. not at all. That's so true. Here, we're going to ask the question, why do you think... Ruth was committed this way. What would cause somebody to be committed like that? I mean, I the only thing that we have in the narrative, it goes back to her name. Hmm. It's just that she was friendship. She was relational. She was, uh, which is entails commitment. Just level of... Uh, Probably shared empathy. Yeah, I mean, they love, went through a similar care. experience. Yeah, that's so true. And shared experience. Yep. Um, I mean, apart from relationship, apart from truly loving her mother-in-law, she would have no reason. There'd be no reason, no. no. She, it has to be the reason. Yep. Because it was, it was commitment beyond expectation. Yeah. Which is weird. Yep. And powerful. And powerful. Hmm. We're going to do an exercise, and this is, uh, <clears throat> I think this is something to do uh, many, many times. I think it, it's such a cool thing to, to wrap my head around. I've, I've done it about a half dozen times just in my own life, is picking something that I'm committed to. So if it's marriage or parenting, or if it's to a friendship or to an event, whatever it is that you are committed to, then... Uh, write down as many things as you can as to reasons why you're committed because you love them because you said you were going to do something whatever as, as many of those as you can and then write down all the costs to staying committed even when it's not easy and uh, you know it's it's not always easy it's not always fun it's there's other things and busy or tired whatever jot all those things down and then while all that is on the table just have this moment of going uh Am I committed, even though these things are all on the table? Uh, why am I committed, even though I know the pros and the cons? And uh, leading to a moment where, like Ruth said, I know the choice is to stay committed. is not going to lead to, it's going to lead to a bunch of costs. It's going to be hard, but it's worth it because, and then fill that in, you know. It... Uh, for me, commitment is really easy to cloak with just don't think about it. Don't think about the bad things. Don't think about the challenges. Try to hide them as opposed to actually running headstrong into them. I don't think Ruth did one of these spreadsheets, but Ruth definitely saw that there was a cost to staying committed and said, yeah, I'm still committed. Yeah. I think what's something that's cool is going back to when we said at the beginning, it's the end of the story that uh, – that Ruth ended up being the great grandmother of Jesus. Yeah. Of David. Of, of David. That's right, of David. Uh, 
There's... Did you just say Moses? I said Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Jesus was the answer. Uh, always. Jesus is always the answer. No, but like that this story of this line of people that eventually leads to Jesus, this story of God's continued commitment to humanity includes this story of commitment of Ruth to her mother-in-law. It's, and, it's just so fitting. But yeah, that is fitting and it is beautiful. But it was never, ever known by Ruth or Naomi. Right. Which the a precursor to commitment. It's like, I see all the cost to committed, commitment. But I'll do it because I see that it's worth it. Naomi and Ruth, Ruth never, ever saw the result of her commitment to the line of David. Now, she saw it in relationship with her mother-in-law. She saw it through a new child, but she didn't understand the full extent of that, which is part of its beauty again. So as you look at all of the costs and the reasons to be committed, uh, if, if you say, I'm, I'll stay committed as long as I see the ultimate win in the end, uh, that also may not be commitment. Right. Yeah, it goes back to that reality of, it. you know, was Ruth doing this just so that she could play that part or be that person? Mm. No, because that was impossible. She never knew things would even get better. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. And that shows her true commitment. It doesn't mean that she, it doesn't mean like she was committed hmm. just because that happened, but it shows that ultimately the whole story shows her commitment. And the outcome of that is God's continued commitment to humanity. Yep. Hmm. So the thing to ponder... Because if Ruth didn't do that, the line of Jesus would look different. Different. And the theological exercise is to go... Or would would it have stopped? Yeah. And I know that's a mute point, but it's, I think it's part of, the, part of the process. Exercise. Yeah. The thing for that we just want to invite people to work through is... What are you committed to? What do you feel like you're supposed to be committed to? What are you already committed to? Uh, where do you feel like you need more commitment? Where have you struggled to have commitment? Put all those things on the table. And then like, just work this thing. Put this all out in front of you and go, here's why I should be committed and here's all the cost to being committed. And uh, um, don't don't try to say, I'll be more committed by ignoring all the costs. Because... Ruth was at a place where she could no longer ignore the cost. Her mother-in-law was going, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. I mean, she couldn't ignore the cost any longer. And uh, so this is what a, a, maybe an unusual invitation in a church service, maybe. But consider the cost. Run headstrong into the cost of commitment. And uh, my hope, my prayer is that as I look at it all placed in before me, is that it'll solidify my commitment, not just make it more seventh grade boyfriend commitment. Yeah. I think I've heard the, the count the cost things before in the Bible. Yeah. And Jesus talks about that when becoming a disciple. Like the tricking people to following Christ or Christianity uh, maybe that's dangerous. Yeah. And maybe we should encourage people and commitment to Christianity and commitment to Jesus and to community. You should be aware of the sacrifices you make in your commitments yep. and embrace them. Like, embrace 
I am fully aware of the sacrifices that I have to, I have made and continually make because I'm married to Kelsey. And I should fully embrace those things. And uh, same with being a part of community and being a part of church. There are things that I have to choose, sacrifice, to count those costs, and embrace those things. One thing that has come up in our partnership classes is that it's pretty easy to try to build a church culture that uh, doesn't have any cost. Yeah. And and in the midst, because it's fun and it's cool and it's like Greg's church growing up. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> my mom listens to this. She works. It was a that. joke. We do have a we do have a fog machine running right, uh, now. right now. I'm sorry, Pastor Greg. <laughs> uh, no, it. But the thing is, is that it's it's easy to try to make something so appealing that there is no cost. And, uh, um, is that commitment? It can be, it for sure. It can be, but we'll find out when things get hard. Consider the cost. Mm. Yep. But well, thanks for being with us. This is, uh, we're looking forward to continuing on our conversation with about in and about Ruth. Uh, next, next week we bring this, a new guy into the picture and, and his, uh, faithfulness to be helpful and just to evaluate not that in ourselves as well. If you find yourself in the Minneapolis area, in Minneapolis proper, uh, we would love to connect with you. We'd be honored to have you in community and join the conversation. And uh, we're, we're definitely very reachable. So be, be a part of our community. If you want to go deeper in this conversation, we have Take a Deeper Questions at the bottom of this podcast as well, or in the comments of this is it in the comments where is it what would you call that words I don't know. sure in the info section maybe i don't know wherever you listen it's to right your podcast yeah i mean 98 percent of you listen on apple so it's down they, below there you got those thanks. good statistics wow thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> sorry i made fun of your church <laughs> love you guys bye bye, bye. bye.